Welcome to Kapwa Conversations, a podcast that amplifies the voices of Filipino, Philippine ex folks in the health and wellness space. We use the indigenous wisdom of Kapwa, or shared inner self, to connect, inspire, and remember that we are all connected. If you enjoy this episode, please give us a five-star rating and write us a review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps others find the show and be in Kapwa together. You can also help spread the word by sharing today's episode on social media and tagging us on Instagram at kapwa.yoga. Without any further ado, here's today's conversation. On today's episode of Kapwa Conversations, we have Melanie de Guzman. Melanie is an LA native dedicated to staying in the Lenape territory for a while. And Melanie is a Filipino-American multidisciplinary artist, educator, actor, community facilitator, and healer. The heart of her work is rooted in healing, sensual embodiment, and reclaiming ancestral lineages. She has integrated her diverse practices and collaborative partnerships into site-specific solo works, dance films, and movement offerings. Melanie reclaims her power and truth, studying somatic movement practices, mysticism through astrology, community activism, and forever being a student. Her evolving purpose is to create potent and inspiring medicine, projects, initiatives, works, spaces, movements to help elevate the way all bodies exist. Welcome to the show, Melanie. Hi, thank you. Thank you, Paul, for welcoming me into this podcast episode. I, I feel really honored. Feel really yeah. honored. Yeah, so yeah, so grateful to have you on the show. And for those who don't know you, I'd love for you to talk a little bit about your relationship to Philippine X identity and your journey through this health and wellness space and all these amazing offerings and practices that you embody. Okay. I'm Melanie, and it is about what time is it here? It's about 8:35 p.m. I am in the Canarsie Territory in Fort Greene, Brooklyn, where I am now settling. Uh, I don't know where to begin. First off, I feel very privileged to be here with you, Paul. You know, we are in our homes. We are in our technologies. And we have the time and space to do this. We're both in New York and we're both entrepreneurs and creative artists as hard as this year has been it's also been such um an innate abundant blessing Mm. this pandemic is really really hard however i i fully recognize that being born into intergenerational wealth in the philippine no that american diaspora I have experiences. I have certain experiences that are different from people. So what I want to say is whatever I share here is because I am a minority. I am a woman. I um, have both parents that come from low income and high income. Whatever I share is probably through the learnings of a lot of other teachers and mentors. And some ideas I have is not of my original like there's no original and you know it's either a message from ancestors or um just a mix of experiences and learnings so I just want to put that out there and that I don't know everything and that I am as much as a new person as the people listening to this even if the situation is Paul invited me to this episode So, yes, I identify as a Filipino-American, although Filipino has a huge historical term. You know, we are also from 
different parts of islands in the Philippines. There's so many islands. I can't even, I don't even know how many islands there are because yeah, I live in the main city. Oh, in so, Manoa. Yeah, in Quezon City. So I, four to eight years old, for those listening, I um, lived in the Philippines with my grandparents. And again, it was a privileged childhood. I had a maid. And that is really how my historical root has been embedded in me. Living in the Philippines in such a time where it was vital to be with my birth parents, yet I was with my grandparents. But my childhood was so rich, extremely rich, filled with just playfulness and joy and abundance. I don't think it would have been that way if I was back home with my parents who were divorcing. My mom was just starting her full time job as a nurse. My dad was a chef. I, in that tricky situation, it was almost as if I was in a different dimension. And so I hold my identity really close to me. And obviously, I'm also American. I actually was originally joined in, uh, born in Panorama City, California, towards SoCal. And then, you know, going into high school and college, it was almost as if I really veered off my Filipino heritage. It was almost as if like, I didn't find us interesting. I almost, I basically like just was so obsessed with like other cultures and other people and the black body and the brown body. Like I, it's, it was almost as if I fought really hard to like leave my culture and really immerse myself in another culture. And I thought that was because I wanted to learn other people. I wanted to learn their background. I wanted to learn their history. I was just like, fuck mine. And like, what is yours? Yeah, I don't know what that was about, but I, it just was happening. And it was almost as if I just wanted to forget about my own culture. I just, I, I wanted to fit in other people. I wanted to learn other other religions. I don't know. It was like, I was just so enthralled in the idea of other cultures, except the Filipino culture. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until lately, I would say, I would say like last year, last year, last fall, last winter, I am starting to like kind of, get rid of everything that I ever accumulated and like go back to my roots. Wow. Um, yeah. And I've been spending this pandemic, like just reclaiming where I'm from, really learning about the spiritual practices of my people before we were, before others settled on us. And I'm, you know, doing that through theater, acting, movement, healing. So I feel very lucky in that way. Yeah. And I actually haven't heard, Melanie and I are, have known each other for a few years. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> through mutual friends and mostly in a movement capacity. And this is the first time that I'm hearing your you know, your ancestral story, your, your origin story, if you will. And wow. it's powerful to hear how many parallels that we have, because I, I also was raised in the Philippines with my um, grandparents and aunties before preschool, but I was, I was born and raised in New York. So from like two to four, I lived in the Philippines in Manila oh also. Oh my God. Yeah, and there are a lot of formative memories and learnings. Four. I like was four to eight. Wow. Oh, and yeah, like learning how to use the bathroom. Even my mom, I when I and I didn't learn all that I had learned specifically in the Philippines until I was quarantined for a couple of months with my mom, and she said, "Oh, you know, your your grandma's the one who taught you that, and the reason why you're fluent is because your aunt taught you." 
Tagalog and Visaya. And yeah, and then thinking about that connection. And then the last time I was in the Philippines was for my grand, that grandmother's funeral. That fall, that was the fall of last year, where it really started this urge, this like calling in my body, this like fire to really understand my ancestors and, and a calling back. And it was a literal mm. calling back by my, you know, my, my maternal ancestor to to learn all those things. And yeah, it's it's really powerful to hear those parallels. Yeah. Wow. Wow. Two to four, that is so young. So yeah, it's been, I feel very lucky to have the time and space to even study and rest and learn from people globally. I wonder for you, what was the thing that shifted that callback? What shifted the callback is, as you know, Paul, I've, um, I've been in New York for four years and um, I've, I've done a lot. I've done a lot and I really, really, I feel like I definitely kickstarted and strengthened and just really developed my career here and not just career but just like lifestyle and art wise and dance wise just been focusing so much on other people's stories other people's cultures other people's oppression it's always other people and it's never my people or my own. I see my representation in places, but not enough. And even in big roles or leading stories or like dance companies or stories, it's never of my people or like culture or background. And then on top of that, even like all the self-help spiritual medicine courses I've done it's never from my people and why is that is it because I'm just not looking or there's not enough or a word that I didn't know about until a couple months ago is have I just been so fucking colonized Mm. that I have been that I am far away from my people doing the genuine work. Because of that, I have really allowed for so much white colonization, westernization, that white patriarchy in me. It it has really seeped in through my well-being and my blood and my cells, like just from productivity, you know, growing up Catholic, it's all about working so hard, sweat, blood, and tears. Like this idea of hustling is so beautiful. And this is how you are glorified. And um, it seeped into the way I relate to people. How am I going, what am I going to do to be liked by them? This idea of like competition and drive, like everyone has kind of really glorified the fact that I'm a hustler and I'm like, go, go, go. And, you know, deep down there's a lot of like pain and agony with that Mm. um and then it has seeped through this idea of not knowing how to rest it has seeped through this idea of like you have to be a certain way you have to know it all you have to be prepared you have to be organized you just have to have all the all your ducks in a row like these are just so like a way of being that's not expansive. Yeah. I mean, for me, the idea of colonization, I mean, it's going to, it takes a whole lifetime to, to process and work through. But I think lately, the way that it's coming up for me similarly is this idea of perseverance and resilience that is 
very ingrained in the Filipinx story that, you know, we've been able to persevere all these different colonizers and we've been able to be resilient and we still smile and we're so hospitable even though we are a third world country or however you define that and and how that idea of this you know resilience perseverance good for you in spite of all these things that we've gone through just gets taught in in different generations, in the way that our parents see pathways to success being the pathways that they had and the potential narrowness of that view. Yeah, all of that stuff gets passed down. And I think if we didn't have this moment, this moment of pause, this forced pandemic stillness, a lot of us wouldn't even be open to hearing it or wouldn't be at a place where they could receive that that message. I mean, I think just for example, this conversation, this podcast episode that we're filming, if we weren't in the pandemic, you would be doing all of the New York entrepreneur hustle things that you're doing I would do the same with my dance studio and we wouldn't have this moment to really be in conversation. And I think that's just one example of what this moment is, is bringing about, even though it's bringing a lot of other heavy things, but there is this other calling to, of Kapwa that I think this moment is really asking us to, to bring to the table. Mm-hmm. Wow, yeah, that, that really makes sense this pandemic stillness right like it sounds it sounds so nice another thing that came about is that as we are in this pandemic rest and stillness what a privilege it is to to even lock down what really comes out is that a lot of people didn't have this gift right there's a lot of people that had to work didn't have any days off were really just even if they were working, they were still thinking two weeks later, what if they weren't? And, you know, that really kills me because it's like, there were people that never locked down. There were people that kept on working and put their bodies on the line. And so what are we artists, what are we doing to give back to those people? Not the nurses or doctors, because, you know, if they could, they could quit. But, like, what is the very least thing that we could do to, like, you know, give back? You know, this pandemic, It we thought it that it's just, like, the lockdown that where it gets bad, you know? But, like it seems to have been getting worse and worse and worse within the conundrum of pandemic. And we're seeing it really trickle down everywhere. And I just hope people are really doing things they normally wouldn't do to like give back or like recreate their own system within the system, you know, like, Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, I I feel like just noticing your movement through this pandemic, your artistry has has shifted as someone who's observing it. Mm, What uh, do you mean by that? Like what? I feel like your work is very politically activated, motivated in a way that I didn't necessarily, I wouldn't have necessarily thought it was before. Yeah. And I wonder, yeah. yeah. I saw that too. How, yeah. how that's showing up for you? Yeah, you know, it, it wasn't like I wasn't doing political work before this. I definitely had a lot of social justice work. And, you know, I was dancing for people who were doing important stuff. But it was, it almost felt like the art I was involved in was, they were all very good. It just was like a little self-absorbed. 
it was a little like for this show, for this, for that, because we filled the role, we're a dance company, we got to do that. It was like, I realized, yeah, I booked a lot of things. I did a lot of things, but that was for show. That was like to prove that I can like do this. You know, it was like, we thrived on saying, like, do you remember those fucking Instagram posts that were like, so excited to announce I'm in blah, 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 blah. Like, remember those Instagram Here's my posts? schedule. Yeah, you can yeah, catch yeah. me remember here. Those, like, Save remember, the date. <laughs> remember those, like, performance alert? Like, those, like, so excited to, to let everyone know. Like, like Instagram was jam-packed with that shit. Like, it was, like, one after the other, right? And, like... And it was almost as if, like, we were on this, like, real house. It was like, how many gigs can we do? Like, how many crossover gigs can we do? How can, how many, like, times can we, like, say we booked this? And then we did that. And, we, uh, and then, like, like those were, like, the main posts. And then in their stories, it's, like, ourselves, like, exhausted and 6 a.m.s and 5 a.m.s and 1 p.m.s. And we were just, like, on a fucking high. Like, we were, like, somewhere else on top of, like, you know, socializing and going out. And yeah, so it's not like we didn't do important work. You know, I did, you did. It's just, I mean, why am I bringing you in? It's just me right now. But like, now that I'm thinking about what's at stake and how they're, the funny thing is to us, this is a pandemic to us. We're like, Oh my God, this is crazy. Like it blows my mind that actually this is how it's has been for a lot of people pre-pandemic, before COVID, COVID not existing, this situation, this like animosity and fear and what the fuck am I going to survive in two weeks? This has been like what it's like, what it's been for a lot of people, for undocumented workers, for people of color. Oh my gosh, I even go there. For, you know, the, the poor in New York, the black people in New York, it's always been such a big problem. But I just felt like we didn't feel the weight. And now more people, more privileged people are really being open to the heaviness and the weight and the interconnected guilt and product we have created. And so I don't know how my art is looking these days. I guess it's been more just like, perform when it's for a very good cause, dig more into what I like to teach and share and like, you know, connect those to something higher and the elements and spirits. And I think that comes from stepping away from this like white supremacy ways of doing things. Yeah. And then when it comes to dance, it's been more of my own research right now. I'm not, I haven't been really interested in like dancing for anyone right now, or I actually have been not uninspired by dance lately, but I'm, I'm um, just hungry for a different kind of art. So right now I'm actually focusing on acting and I'm just, I'm interested in studying that right now. Um, I'm never going to leave dance. It's just, I think I just, I am craving a different texture and study. Um, what happens is as a dancer, you have so much knowledge, almost like too much of the technique and the and the history. And you really have to ask yourself, how am I moving? Is this what other people taught me? Am I moving from my own story or am I like trying to recreate someone else's dance is doing it for me, but I'm, I'm, I'm kind of taking a break from it and I'm heightening, I'm going to heighten dance by studying acting right now and theater so I can merge those worlds. Yeah, I can definitely see that for you. And I, I agree with you in that. Yeah. I also don't want to say that I don't feel like dancing anymore because it's not that, but no, it's not that it's just, that's not the thing that that where my energetic movement is really right, calling me right. right now. Exactly. I yeah, my energetic movement doesn't want to just like 
move to move. It just feels wrong to move to move when our lives are at stake, right? It feels weird to fucking move to move when like my right as a woman is going to be taken away any second. You know, we have a really psycho president and, you know, I don't know if it's just, I started just being so sensitive and really listening to that this year, but I don't know if it's like as an artist that I get, how did I get this far? Is it because I really like ignored politics all this time? And in a way it's like, is this how we got here? You know, like. Right. There was a bubble before. Yeah. Right. There was, there was a bubble before. I don't think we've ever studied the primaries as we did this year. You know, I like, I just don't think I can ever go back to the way it was where I was ignoring it. It just feels so weird to perform and, and be center of attention when there are people suffering. I want to merge my art more towards like really amplifying the marginalized voices and everything I'm doing or whatever the shit is for is to like elevate about the situation there of something that's for the people. Basically like making sure every action you do doesn't perpetuate whiteness and white culture. That's a big one. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. I mean, it's so tricky. It's like, Melanie, so if you're trying to say you didn't book that funny, <laughs> dumbass commercial, you're not going to do it. No, I'm going to do the dumb commercial. Right? I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. But I, I think if we're going to show work, like deep work, the work has to be about people, for the people. And it has to, like, bring about the situation or the context, the historical and political context. But if it's like a gig you're doing in less than 10 hours or whatever, it can be fun. Yeah. Right. But if I, it, yeah, that's, that's what I mean. Like the, you need stupid stuff too. And you also need to survive. I mean, I agree. Yeah. I feel like there's survive. also, yeah. yeah. You need to survive. Exactly. Like there's the work that you do that's work because you need a paycheck because that's the kind of system that we live in. And then there's the yes. work that's the purpose that's work. The, right. And yeah. you know, I hope that later, if we are going to have kids that they're not born into this world where it's like, there's a system they have to play. Mm, yeah. So maybe we think about our, the future copoids we make and like, hopefully they're born into a system where they can be purposeful. And that's the system. As of right now, I'm really not in a place of seeking. I'm in a place of like collaborative learning and partnership. And right now I'm not like, in a process or a research project for a dance project. Right now, I am just being human. I am involved in the communities and grassroots organizations. I am partaking um, in the biggest civil rights movement, the Black Lives Matter movement. I am fully independent contractor virtually as a dancer, Pilates, Pilates coach, meditation facilitator, educator, community space holder. Um, and I am designing my life to be sustainable and everything is in alignment with the place I'm in and healing justice. You know, I, I am making sure that my life, even if there are, it's still tied to certain systems, it's, it works for me and therefore I can do my work outwardly, bravely. It works for me in a way where I have time to invest in my art and learning and growing in mysticism and other performative ways where I can be in partnership and collaborations with other other creative educators and entrepreneurs that I have time to be of service, um, volunteer, and really be in community here in Brooklyn. So 
I am stepping into a new territory of everything I do has to relate to politics. And I say that because politics is what controls our planet. And if you don't care about politics, it is also saying you don't care about the planet because unfortunately the planet is bought by corporations and they're in politics. So it's all interconnected. So we have to do the work in those, in all those areas. How would you, because that word healing justice is really ringing in my head right okay. now. As let's, like, let's visit. Yeah. Let's how visit. Would, to someone who's hearing this, how would you define that? Because I feel like that is also what I would want as an aspiration for where we're moving towards is this, okay. this idea. Yeah. So healing justice, I mean, right away, what comes up is like paying homage to our roots. It's like, for once, we are like paying attention to our grandmothers and grandmothers, grandmothers, and grandmothers, 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 our ancestors. It's like, we're like digging back in our culture from the stories of what our grandmothers and grandparents told us. We are like trying to remember and recall stories and phrases and ways of being. We're like introducing that into our lifestyle. We do that in a way that's so different from what we're conditioned in in our society today. And we do that by asking people and and being listeners to other people and, and asking people about their life, their background, what they know. We, it's like we're, we're recalling and we're searching and, and we are giving the same curiosity and like starvation to like people's roots, where they're from. And we're celebrating that. So that's like, you know, and because, because everyone's roots and backgrounds has a history and it's not all positive. And we can't ignore that racism was involved and we can't ignore that in order for a, for a group of people to really rise in our world, there were a lot of people who paid the price. Mm-hmm. And how does yeah. that look? How, what, what like trauma did that cause? How did that affect us individually? How did that turn out in the industrial revolution? How did that turn out in the postmodern world and um, in the 20th century with globalization? How did that turn out in everything, you know, in fucking education? How did that turn out in our, in our lives, how we relate to people, our dating? Um, it's like a lot. Yeah, it is all connected. Yeah. It's all connected and you can't, you won't know unless you stop and like realize that like, oh my God, not everyone is feeling the way I'm feeling. Not everyone is able, you know, or if, if everyone was able, there wouldn't be like, psychos going to schools for mass shootings you know there wouldn't be like cop killing a black person Uh, there wouldn't be too much of that but there's so much of that so there's something that's up you know there's something that's not wrong that's not right yeah yeah and i know or at least i've seen that astrology has been a big part of where your your learning has been and I wonder yeah are there any learnings that you've seen from that that maybe inform why we might be in where we are and maybe you know pointing to a way out of it or something to come on the other side of this like a learning or a, or a movement that you've seen in those teachings? Yes. So 
I'm currently studying astrology. I'm studying it from a Philippine ex healer, chef, storyteller. But besides him, I'm also studying it from a somatic intuitive. That's what she calls herself, a somatic astrologer intuitive. They are queer. And then I'm I'm also been supporting another astrologer. So I get a different mm. perspectives. But in general, what those three or four astrologers have in common is a very like, they all work with the energy. They don't use astrology to predict. There's no prediction. It is just, here's symbolisms. They're crossing. Oh, this is tension. Oh, this is smooth. This is the energy this day. This energy, it's literally crazy math <laughs> with symbolisms and hidden truths and meanings. And the way they use it is just this energy is going to work with this energy. And then we all come in as little beings, you know, with like, we're just these particles that get hit differently. Like mm. I'm a running particle and this other running, like we're, imagine just like a bunch of running particles. Uh -huh. like, let's say all the particles are gray. Like let's say everyone's gray, right? And then all the fucking little gray particles are going to run through this light of, give me a light, Paul. Give me a light. An orange light. Orange and what? Orange and pink. So imagine the orange and pink light. It's like a cross, like, it's a cross. Okay, so there so so when the orange light crosses the pink light, what happens in the middle? There's the combination of the two colors where they okay. intersect. Okay. Can you just keep imagining that? It's like okay. around the face. So there's the orange and the pink running across each other, and there's this fucking weird glow in the middle that's like, mm. what the fuck is that? And then these particles, just imagine like little zingy zaps of fucking light passing through that um, intersect, they are all going to react differently to that light. And that is astrology to me. Like, we have different experiences. We're all different. But every time we mm. cross something or experience something, we, eat, we all feel it differently but we feel something. We feel something. It makes us act a certain way. It makes us do things a certain way or not. It's as if like we all have an experience. Just the way we deal with it is very, very different. And then the more you kind of like learn about the tools and then studying astrology, like actually taking the time to be a student of astrology, I would have to really become aware of what the fuck the orange light means, what the fuck the pink light means. And then I would, I would, I would learn like why I would learn what happens when they're crossing. And so when I'm passing those light, it's, it's like, I am even more aware to what I'm feeling. It's like I pass it with consciousness. I pass it with like awareness. I don't just pass it as like, I'm just trying to buy, I'm just trying to like fucking get through. I really feel into the light. I feel into the mix. And therefore my experience is more intense and I can choose to work with it to better myself. I guess not even bettering yourself, but just like you just choose to work with it because from a place it may, of awareness. Yeah, yeah, because it may give me something I need to know. It may it may give me like a code or a fucking coupon when I pass the fucking um the fucking this purple orange light. Yeah, right. And so, some people don't care about getting the coupon or the code. They just whatever want to pass. But becoming a student and, and learning about astrology is like. You want to get the code. You want to get get the next message, hidden message, um, because you're gonna keep passing intersections and circles. And does does that make sense? Like I, yeah. bet, I think I just like took you to another galaxy. I mean, yeah. For the people <laughs> listening to this, they can they can like, what the comment. Fuck? But I actually think that that is a good analogy. So I'm yeah. not as familiar with astrology. Yeah, yeah. I only learned 
what a natal chart was a couple of yeah. years ago. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. To me, the parallel sounds like mindfulness because that's something that I'm thinking. Right. Where it's mindfulness, yeah. Yeah, these, let's say for me, the way I'm interpreting it is the colors can be different emotional states that go through your body. And you are the person, you are the particle who's moving through these emotions. And you have the this practice of astrology or mindfulness gives you the awareness of what these emotions are, how they're impacting your body, how they're showing up in this present moment. Not so that you become these things or become scared of them, but so that you know that you are the observer of these things and you can make a more conscious decision. Right. Right. And what's fucking crazy, Paul, is that these are like multidimensional threads of fiber, right? Just imagine like strings on top of strings, top of strings, and you're like passing through. And what's crazier is when you said awareness, well, double the, like intensify the awareness with having different levels of awareness Mm. level as a two-year-old awareness as a three, four, five, like, so all these little particles passing through the light have different levels of awareness some people are beginner awareness some people are level 85 awareness some people are level 1000 awareness so it's like different levels of awareness feeling different things fuck it up even more what if the awareness had like an attitude like we're all passing through this thing with like just different spices and i say that because I don't want people to think like the most fucking woke person is going to study astrology and they're going to be better. No, there's no more woke. There's no more better. There's no much more smarter. There's no, they've never went to college. They don't know shit. It's like, no matter what level you're coming from privilege or not, or, you know, more, you know, less, we're all going to feel it. It's, it's like, even the most smart, even me, like, even if like, I know more than you and and, then we're in Mars and Aries retrograde right now, like, I'm going to come out, come out better than you. Cause I know, no, we're going to experience things in different ways. And it's going to be hard in different ways. Like it can show up to me completely different than how, how it shows up to you, but it will do you. It will do me. Yeah. We're all going to feel it. Yeah, we're all going to feel it. Yeah, we're all going to feel it. And and I and I'm really big on like there's not feeling it better, there's not feeling it smaller. You know, I don't I I really want to make sure that it's not about trying to hit an objective cuz that is white supremacy right there, right? Like and I say that because I think I I am a um I'm a little I'm a little guilty. I, I feel like I've just spent, I spent a lot of money and I invested in so many like self-help ways. I just, I really did a lot to compensate. And I tried, I tried really hard. I just did so much yoga. I, I, I studied more than I should. I got involved in like too many things. I don't think I needed to do all that. I don't think so. I think capitalism really worked through me it really worked through me and I'm just now forgiving myself and like trying to do everything that is 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 that yeah I mean if I if you haven't met Melanie I definitely encourage you to yeah follow her and be in community with her because I think the thing that comes to mind when I think of you is unapologetic embodiment. And oh my God, I love that. I need to like, <laughs> I need to write that song. Yeah. Wait, that is the thing that, that I. That is like, I love that. <laughs> what the fuck? If you Say were a particle, and Unapo- I would, unapologetic embodiment. Unapologetic embodiment. And I would love wow. to. But the thing that I'm thinking of, I mean, I really mean it as like very deeply as somebody who has admired you. um, You have really admired me. It's been, you've definitely been a part of my journey and 
it's like really crazy and deep the journey we've been and you know we don't we don't even have to like always be physically together it's so great yeah and hopefully one day we get to collaborate because we yeah. haven't done that yet oh my god we haven't yet that's i felt like we have already see i know our energies like, have brains, yeah <laughs> my brain's already like what that feels but, familiar I'm wondering, you know, as we close the episode, what advice would you give to somebody who is as inspired as I am by this this energy of unapologetic embodiment that you have? What is an advice that you would give to somebody who, who wants to feel that for themselves? An advice I would give is that they aren't alone, that they are the way they're going to help themselves is not only by themselves, but we can't only do the work at home or with a therapist. We have to make sure that we are connecting with the earth because that's where we're from and either like connect with humanity, like work with people. I don't think we can get through this alone as a, as solitude human beings, like we have to go to those roots and that's going to look different in a modern day 20, 2020. It's not going to look like fucking spears and, and arrows and running around. Or like headhunting. Yeah. Headhunting with seven, with like a group of 80 people. It's not going to look like that. It literally might fucking look like, a bunch of Instagram motherfuckers like going on a virtual retreat. Like it is going to look so fucking different in with digitalism and how far we've come with science and technology, but it has to feel like, like that, that tribal quality that like, ah, together, let's fuck shit up. Or like, let's kill that fucking tiger. Like it has to like, your heart has to be beating with other humans and like, mm. you don't know better and they don't know better. It's like together, you're, you guys know a lot together. So it has to feel like that. You have to feel that, not worry about what you want to do, not think that you are the only one he- heading the way, but a big group of people are. Thank you. And so we like to end the show with, I know we've, we've actually probably touched on some of the themes already, but there's three questions that we like to end the show with just whatever comes to your mind first, the stream of consciousness. One is what is your favorite Filipino word? What is it? And and why does it have a special place for you? My favorite Filipino word is Bahalana. And it has such a special place in me because it literally means let go and let God. You've did it all. You've done, you've done enough. It's time to rest. Uh, and then the next one is how is Kapwa showing up in your life today? And if you're not familiar with it, Kapwa is the Filipino word for shared inner self which I think has been a really big theme of even just that last advice that, that Melon's gave us. Kapwa is this feeling of deep conditional love and support. You don't always have to be in contact with the other person, but you are energetically giving them prayers and good vibes or bad vibes. Kapwa is just not explaining too much. You just have this shared bond. And the last one is, what is the biggest lesson that you're learning in these days? The biggest lesson that I'm learning is that there are so many spirit guides around us constantly and we really need to like tap into that frequency. And for anyone who's listening to this and wants to be in deeper community and Kapwa with you, how can people exchange with you? 
they can follow me on Instagram, DM me, or um, I haven't started my Patreon yet, but yeah, they can follow me at, at Breathe Melanie, B-R-E-A-T-H-E-M-E-L-A-N-I. And I do, I do virtual performances. I do pop-up um, offerings in Pilates, embodiment, breathwork movement sound scores with musicians I also facilitate spaces yeah however this time I am just putting that on hold and I am my work right now is on a break with with those offerings but I I do offer those and they're going to be much more um sporadic um and in in tune with the season you know I noticed that like I just have certain seasons where I'm like super out and about and involvement and I have other seasons where I'm like pure in the virtual world and they're both just as so important. Great. And yeah, I just really want to, again, thank you Melanie so much for being in conversation with us. I, I think a lot of people are going to, yeah, get a lot out of hearing what you have to say today. So thank you so much. Thank you for this opportunity and thank you to everyone who's really listening with their hearts. And that was today's episode. Thank you so much to Melanie for joining the conversation. All the info mentioned for her website, Instagram, and upcoming offerings will be included in the show notes. If you like what you heard and feel called to connect further, subscribe, leave a five-star review for the podcast, and follow us on Instagram at kapwa.yoga. We host an IG Live after show the Monday after the episode airs, and it's a great place for you to be in conversation with us. This podcast is a part of Kapwa Yoga, a movement and mindfulness practice that integrates my background in dance, yoga, and organizational psychology. You can check out more on our website, www.kapwa.yoga, to find out more about our services. A special thank you to Uga, our producer for the theme song and episode production. You can find him on Instagram at oogah.xyz. Thank you for listening. Maraming salamat. And catch you all on the next conversation.